podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome once again to another match day edition of the Leeds That Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm joined by Andy, Hiya. James Hello. and Matt. Hi there. And we are here to discuss our home fixture with Fulham. Before we get into that, I just want to take this last opportunity that we have to point you in the direction of our prize draw, leadsthat.com forward slash donate. The deadline for entering is the 30th of June and somebody is going to be taking home quite the stash. We've had a really good few things donated aren't we too there's one that's landed that I did not want to give or to keep but it didn't really go with spirit of the whole prize draw did it no <laughs> you might have seen this on our Twitter account it's uh, signed football from the mid 90s Yorkshire Rose badge Leeds United football signed by amongst others Lucas Radaby a man who uh, we're watching from the gazebo Tony Dorigo he's also on that ball gazebo Dorigo um, yeah, th- thanks to Russell Walker for donating it as well. Russell's um, been doing some design work for us. He's done um, a design called The Tactician, which you might see uh, on our website. And uh, yeah, thanks ever so much for donating it. He's been so kind in, in providing that to us. And uh, yeah, cheers, mate. Just wish we weren't giving it away. It's sound, isn't it? <laughs> and that's just one of the things you can win. If you enter the prize draw at leadsthat.com forward slash donate and you win, you get everything. Everything. Mortgage Everything. paid, all that sort of stuff. No, don't. Oh. Yeah, terms and conditions do not cover mortgages being paid. An unopened Tony Oboa Corinthian figure. <laughs> we always come back to that one. <laughs> There's a couple of signed lead shirts one by Jermaine Beckford, one by Pablo Hernandez and Tim Bresnan. There's a uh, picture of Simon Grayson celebrating promotion in 2010, signed by Simon himself. Adam Forshaw said he'd drop something in the hat. But you know what it is to, yet? Well, I ain't spoke to him for a bit. A couple of signed books, Bryn Law and uh, Andrew Stats Dalton. One thing we will do is we'll probably keep the prize draw open uh, for a few days afterwards. Well, in terms of the donations, we'll keep them open and uh, just to give you a last chance to, to donate. But in order to win, you need to be on it before the end of the 30th of June, midnight 30th of June. So go now and you can enter at leadsthat.com forward slash donate. As the rain starts to fall, on the gazebo I'm loving this gazebo setup because we are dry we are outside and if you can hear that yes yes it's worth elaborating as well that um, we had a debate about getting a second gazebo all week and uh, Andy has yeah thanks to HMRC for giving me a rebate I've got myself a new gazebo (laughs) so this week the TV is under one gazebo and we're under the other and the rain is very much on top of us Anyway, this is a match day podcast, so we probably better talk about the match that we're about to watch. So head-to-head, um, Leeds have won 22, drawn 15, and Fulham have won 19. Uh, drawn five of the last seven fixtures, which have been tight against a team with a similar style and ambition, I'd say. Um, they play a lot more open, aggressive attacking football um, than, than, say, Cardiff, shall we say. Do you annoy me from Fulham? All of them. Especially Tom Kearney. He did it when he was at Blackburn too. He used to have a, he always has a worldie against us. Sorry, James. No, no, you're all right. Last time we played Fulham, <laughs> that was a really awful penalty decision, wasn't it, against Ben White? It was. We and should have won as well. Yeah, if you, if I went back and had a look at the stats of that game and we had 69% possession and about seven shots on target to their three. 
and you guys were annoyed at me because I was in the pub watching Soccer Saturday where yeah. it'd be Elsa Christmas Jumper I remember that one do you think Fulham have got a bit of an advantage playing with an empty stadium well they'll be used to it if you imagine this game back when it was supposed to be played a Wednesday night second versus fourth it, we would have been I mean we're pretty excited now but back in March we would have been absolutely wouldn't have been able to wait to get to Allen Road and enjoy this one and sometimes I think people say that the crowd makes the players nervous so it'll be interesting to see how they get on with a big game like this without any fans inside Ellen Road I want to know where my crowd is and who I'm sat next to well according to uh, according to news this week it could have been Osama Bin Laden if they hadn't been spotted <laughs> started raining pretty good on it 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 was always forecast hang on the crowd is waterproof the crowd has got ponchos you'd like to hope they've thought about that given they're going to be outside for a month <laughs> I read in the programme that was delivered to our doors this morning that when they first put up the crowdies they came back in the next day and a hundred of them had, had blown onto yeah. the floor so they've had lots of problems with them already yeah I think Angus Kinnear's words were candidly the test did not go well <laughs> <laughs> so weather forecast lied again didn't it well we haven't had a thunderstorm yet well, so that's positive this game reminds me of the way I felt before that West Brom game last year and I think that's how it would have felt going into the ground but if you imagine like the crowd made that Pablo goal now can you imagine that Pablo goal taking the, the crowd out of it the intensity from kickoff it was part of the noise it was everything just I don't think there was any intensity lacking in the game last week but I just can't imagine it it just doesn't feel the same it's a totally different proposition isn't it I, I hope it's like that West Brom game because we won it but I keep comparing today's game a little bit in my head to the Norwich and the Sheffield United home games last season yeah. where we you know we really should have if we'd have won either of them you'd have thought yeah we're, we're going to cruise to promotion in, in that respect yes but the, the, the one benefit we have ahead of that is that we have more points on the board in terms of the gap yes we and do. it's a little bit further along in the season as well yeah, it's June, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, team news is in as we speak. It, team is unchanged from last time out. No. And uh, the, the notable difference is that Pablo Hernandez returns to the bench, as does Barry Douglas, which gives the bench that little air of experience and you don't look at it thinking, who's coming on? Maybe Robbie Gotts. No offence to Robbie Gotts. <laughs> However, experience-wise... Experience-wise, I think we've got better options this week than we did this time last week. I'm going to uh, say something which might might jinx it in a positive way, but can you remember a time when Pablo Hernandez has come on as a sub and really made a massive impact on a game? The fact that there's been a bit of silence there suggests it's, it's not the easiest thing to think of. I'm sure there is an example, and we can spend a bit of time looking at that. But if you if you th- if you know an example, send it into the to the Twitter account. But not necessarily. He's not he's not an impact player for me. He's a string puller, isn't he? I like those games that Pablo plays where he's had an all right game but then all of a sudden he grabs it by the horns doesn't he? and he just tears into a side now if he can come off the bench and do that from the off then job's a winner 
So, uh, opposition forums, Cottage Corner was down. Yeah. Sounds like a... Uh, Chicken shop. Why does it sound like a, oh, chicken cottage is a chicken restaurant? <laughs> I thought it sounded like a yogurt kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. It, so it's a cross between chicken cottage and Muller Corner. Yeah. Other yogurts and chicken shops are available. <laughs> What's so your favourite chicken shop? So I had to visit uh, the Friends of Fulham Forum. Is this where that posh fella lived last time? It is indeed. So Friends of Fulham had a thread by SP that said in reality are we competing to be next season's Norwich and the it was written last week after their game it started it said watching the Leeds game today and part of West Bromwich Albion yesterday the standard looks poor to me Brentford have great attacking options but leave holes in their defence I appreciate the bean counters will be very happy with promotion but I can't see how any of these sides would avoid relegation thoughts well, referring to bean counters is uh, just says all you need to know about that guy, doesn't it? Are we competing to be next season's Norwich City? Well, Fulham are, but we're not. I think we'll win the league if we go up this season, next I, year. I, I, <laughs> you know, I think we're going to get promoted this year. Bloody hell. And I think I've, I've watched my last ever championship game. Oh, Jesus. Huddersfield at home. That was it. Done. It's weird hearing you say this, Matt. <laughs> I feel slightly alarmed, but also a little bit... I'm glad it's wet. raining. <laughs> Very wet. <laughs> with, with excitement or from the we, weather? <laughs> I mean, we are actually dry, but... Yeah. It's pretty torrential now. Yeah. Podcast gears might get a bit of battering. Have we got insurance? No, we're all right. I'm getting, I'm getting dripped on from the gazebo. Maybe it's not waterproof. It says on the thing it isn't. It's a shower proof. <laughs> this is a shower. <laughs> hey, up. Hey, up. Someone's turned the taps off. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? One thing that happened this week was Liverpool won the championship. They, I thought they won the, the league, didn't they? Yeah, they won. They're English champions. Someone took uh, exception to the way you phrased that, to the exception that you took to Amazon Prime's tweet, Matthew. Yeah, but I was right. <laughs> it's, it's true. What did you say? I said that some uh, Amazon said that they won the Premier League for the first time. But truth is that they've been English champions loads of times before, so it's irrelevant. Yeah, it's, it's true. But anyway, last time Liverpool were champions, what happened? Dun, 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 dun. Well, we won Div 1, didn't we? Well, Div 2. And last time... We it's won. confusing all this Div stuff, isn't it? And last time we won Division 2, before that, 1964, what happened that year? Liverpool won League. Yeah, and? We got promoted. And? Coventry won Division 3. Did they? And Exeter got promoted from Division 4. And who's in the playoff fin- League 2 playoff final on Monday? Exeter. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to exit that league. Out. Oh, God. So, I'm confident. Where did you rummage those elements. from? 1964. <laughs> 2020. Yeah, but isn't there something that normally happens in Coronation Street as well? No, you're you're thinking about uh, Liverpool winning the Champions League. Oh, right. Don't care then. Ken Barlow gets married and there's a new Pope. (laughs) Every time Liverpool win the Champions League, something like that. (laughs) It's true. It's It's a fact. Really? (laughs) What on earth? James, bring us back to the game. What's El Loco Joe been saying on Twitter? 
Thanks once again to Joe Bedford. Love you. Referee for our game against Fulham today is Tony Harrington. Uh, he's from Cleveland, and the last time he took charge was the home loss to Wigan earlier this season. He was fourth official in the Farskill Millwall home game the previous week. Before that, I refed the 3 all Cardiff home game, notably not giving us a pen in the Cardiff game when Costa was brought down. Sounds like a dream come true having him on as ref then. Not really. So lead stats, games 12, 1-3, drawn 4, lost 5, 14 yellows, no reds, and uh, no reds from two yellows. Penalties 3, 4, and 2 against Fulham. Game 7, 1-5, um, drawn 1, lost 1, 10 yellows, no reds, and one red card from two yellows. And he's given four penalties against Fulham, so let's have a fifth. We might need six or seven to score one. <laughs> now, now. Thanks for that, Joe. So, uh, prediction time. Thunder. As the thunder rumbles in the distance. It's so ominous. C17. When the thunder calls you. It's, it's, never mind. <laughs> you sit next to C17 guy, never mind. <laughs> Sadly, I doubt at the moment. Yeah. Andy, what's your prediction today? Um, I think we're going to win 1-0 that's all I've got to say in the matter I think we're going to win 1-0 I think Patrick Bamford's going to score and we're going to win 1-0 it's going to be nervy Tom Kearney's going to try too hard and we're going to win 1-0 I love it when you say that's all I'm going to say in the matter and then provide further <laughs> elaboration <laughs> similarly narrow scoreline I'm going 2-1 but I think anything could happen in this game seriously so it's almost pointless us predicting it but 2-1 is my uh, 2-1 to Leeds United so yeah I'm going to go with one all Um, it's such a massive game and it's going to be really tough and I just hope that if it is a draw we can take something from uh, the Luton match in the week I'm thinking 1-1 but mainly because at this point in time and Matthew really hate me saying it but I would take a draw today because uh, I I just think avoiding defeat is imperative today yeah I, 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 we can't lose today with Brentford winning again last night they're looking like a decent form team aren't they mm. West Brom as I've pointed out many a times on this podcast are dog <laughs> so we need to close that gap I think, I think if we win was the gap go to wow. Brentford six does it or seven who can count seven we, if, if we win today we would remain eight points ahead of Brentford seven eight eight points ahead of Brentford oh yeah can't do maths even better let's go win eight points clear and ten from Fulham who? Fulham that Brentford victory over West Brom last night having beaten now West Brom and Fulham really has got people talk about Brentford as being big contenders for the automatic places Matthew's confident we're going up is it going to be Brentford at the expense of West Bromwich Albion? Don't care Correct answer <laughs> It's not worth doing predictions and I don't care who goes up <laughs> Correct <laughs> What's your word then Paul? Nervous Alright James I'm, I am nervous today because I always feel when I'm I feel the most nervous when I'm listening on the radio because I can't see it and can't imagine it. Next nervous 
on the telly and when you're actually in the ground it settles my nerves because I feel like you're there and you have some way of influencing it just through your voice and that feels like it's been removed and it never felt more so than against Cardiff last week. So, fingers crossed, we get out there, we do the business, and uh, my prediction was entirely pessimistic, and we can have a positive second after the pod. Matt, is it worth doing a word? <laughs> well, I'm still a bit... I'm still feeling a bit gutted that we're not at the game. As much as I'm looking forward to watching it with all of you guys under a gazebo. Two gazebos. If, two gazebos it feels a bit it feels sad not to be there so my word is absent this is the longest I've been without going to Allen Road since 1996 and if uh, if we win today it's the first win at Ellen Road I've missed since 2001 so it's a big day as the rain starts again did you just make it rain with your sadness <laughs> I don't think so I didn't, don't think that's a thing weather tears weather tears I'd say grounded I feel a lot like last week I was obviously way off with my prediction saying 4-0 and I think I've got a more grounded approach this week and I think the team are as well they know that nothing's going to be easy and uh, yeah I think there's every chance we could get something out of this but I wouldn't be happy with one all (laughs) but I would certainly take it and I think my word is patient I think we need to be patient in the game but we also need to be patient as fans because we all got carried away didn't we we all got giddy me and you 4-0 we said yeah and I, th- I thought it'd be uh, cocktails and champagne on ice but it's not going to be so it's going to be a bit of a ride let's just ride it out so we are nervous absent grounded and patient and patient I'm going to say this here for the sake of afterwards just in case but if we do fail to pick up any points today we're seven games to go we're still four points ahead and we've got the majority of home fixtures against teams in the bottom half of the division it isn't the end of the world patience patience have a little patience Do you reckon that's what Foreshore meant? Probably not, but we'll take it. That was a romping in the second half. I'm feeling a little bit emotional. Maybe emotionally drained. First half was hard, wasn't it? Yeah. I think the whole thing was hard. I think that the first half... If we if we were in Fulham's position and we were chasing and we knew we could cut it down to four points, I'd have been gutted as a Fulham fan if we hadn't come out and played like that, especially after conceding. It's exactly what you would have wanted and expected. It was like... It became like a cup tie for them. They had to pile it on. And it was... The hopeful thing was that they'd put in so much in the first half that they weren't going to be able to maintain those levels in the second half regardless of the changes that we made. And... and Thankfully for us, that became evident. So 3-0, Leeds United. Fulham got exactly what you would have expected Leeds to get if we were in their position. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that game was very similar to Sheffield United at home last season. As I mentioned in the pre-match, that, you know, that we, they found themselves behind, but they'd had all the possession. But when has Pablo ever come on and made an impact? <laughs> well, there is that. 
He came on and made an impact, then went off today. <laughs> but I was hoping that I'd jinx it in a positive way. It was um, genius, really, because the game was crying out for Pablo and for us to control someone in midfield because we weren't in the first half. And I think, like Paul said, thankfully they probably uh, gassed themselves a little bit after the first half. And then that and the addition of Pablo was felt like game over for them. Then. And Dalioski. I think we've got to call, we've got to call yeah. him out as well. Because if you are knackered, the last thing you want to see is Johnny Alioski warming up at half-time. You referred to him as a wasp when we were watching that, and that's what he is, isn't he? He's just an absolute nuisance. And he got a goal, obviously, so he was as much a part of the uh, of the win as Pablo was in the second half. Does that put us eight points clear of Brentford, then? <laughs> yes. Eight points ahead of Brentford, <laughs> ten ahead of Fulham, eight games to go. So seven games, seven games to go. Seven games to seven go. Games Com to go. Compare it to where we started out. With, so there were nine games left, and we were seven points ahead. We're now seven games and eight points ahead. <laughs> We've got. Who have we got Tuesday? <laughs> Only Luton. <laughs> uh, nah, that's got Leeds that written all over. No, it. that's that's it's the thing. Written all over. It. We have to keep that laser focus on on Tuesday night on getting the three points. It's huge. You know that other clubs in this position would turn out against Luton and would turn them over. So it's got to have that discipline. Speaking of discipline, the ref was awful. Mitrovic should have seen red and uh, we can joke about it now because we won 3-0 but it could have been an entirely different game if we'd not shown some resilience in the first half well we talked about it didn't we while we were watching it but if <laughs> if you look at Ben White's uh, penalty that he gave away down at Craven Cottage yeah. versus that flying elbow from Mitrovic in that game one, one ended in a penalty and the other one was totally missed by the officials you'd imagine he'd get retrospective action which bodes well for us for the rest of the season as well well yeah. James said during the game that he knew exactly what he was doing because the referee couldn't see it the liners on the other side but I just don't get they know that cameras are on them all the time there's giving someone an early nudge and they're smacking someone in the face with an elbow GBH it's totally different it's totally different and I do hope that they pick it up and I do hope they ban him because he needs to learn from that and we were watching on LUTV with Brynlaw and Tony Dorigo but I can only they weren't imagine. here <laughs> I can only imagine that Sky went on about that a fair bit, fair bit. well you got to hope so but they ate leads don't they even to the point with the referee at the end when he was giving out all the yellows and he sent their guy off and, and Brim pointed out it's these are tired challenges for players that haven't been able to train for a normal amount of time in strange conditions where you don't know if you're going to be coming back referee gave no hoots about that did he there was no leeway given he was crap basically wasn't he yeah, he was awful I think Joe Bedford said in, in a tweet before that, that he'd been pretty fair across the games that we'd seen but he didn't seem he, he's missed a few big ones there and thankfully it hasn't cost us one other thing I think we need to touch on is it looks like Paddy Bamford had some ice on his knee that could be a bit worrying for the running yeah it could and he'd Typically, it was after he'd scored probably the best goal he scored in months. Well, obviously months because we haven't played for months. But <laughs> he might have scored some worldies in his garden. You don't know. Yeah, you never know. But he was. It was probably has he scored many better than that this season? It was a great finish. It was composure. It was. Uh, it was a quick move. Matthew pointed out that none of the players who scored or got an assist ended up on the pitch at the end of the game. That's no, that's unusual. No, well, they they didn't the play pitch, the full ninety. They didn't play the full ninety. That's Jan, what Johnny was on the pitch. 
that's it you also you also made a point because like we're we're all the same aren't we any goal scorer we'd probably keep him on the pitch just for merit yeah but Bielsa just sticks to his game plan he'll, he'll, and and that was masterful I think in terms of game plans and what was really nice about that Bamford goal was he just seemed to hit it we always scream out even last weekend um, when we lost to Cardiff we're going when the ball's coming just put your foot through it and he's like kind of side footed but he's put some power behind it and scored when other times we'll try and play another pass and just try and fart the ball in he's put his foot through it and it's beautiful so the BBC in their text at half time said uh, that Scott Parker would be the happier of the two managers um, <laughs> do you reckon he still is? well the most important debate that we had was was he wearing a cardigan or a suit jacket? Yeah, it looked like a suit jacket material shaped like a cardigan, which is surely all all kinds of wrong. They were a championship Gareth Southgate, wasn't it? Which he then covered up in a non-waterproof coat when it started chucking it down. <laughs> Man was not prepared. Oh, we were giddy because we started talking nonsense towards the end. Oh, it's it's. Some might say we always talk nonsense. <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. The good thing is, though, I think everyone who's listened to this will be the same as us. Just absolute sheer relief because. Yeah, First one. How we played. Exactly. I mean, it's like, how many times have we played really well and lost out? <laughs> we didn't mm. play amazingly and won. Oh, well, yeah. Look, like, first half, 1 0 down. What were they? 60 odd percent yeah. possession versus our 30 odd. It's just. Yeah, yeah it was the roles reversed. Ne- never happens, never happens. That was 30, 30. That that 30, 35 minutes is the most concerted amount of pressure I've seen us under this season, possibly even last season, when you, when you look across all the games. And we've soaked it up done really well but it was nerve wracking it was really nerve wracking so here's the key question then do you think that we benefited in that game because there were no fans there because can you imagine our crowd watching that first half and what they would have transmitted onto the pitch you see I think we I think we missed they missed us today because I I think we would have spurred them on to keep defending even better (laughs) no I can't agree with that I I honestly think that after that Mitrovic so you're saying get rid of all fans forever then, yeah? <laughs> no, but I think today it helped us. I think, you know, Mitrovic Elbo would have been on top of the referee from the word go. It had a, a nasty atmosphere would have started and they always make it more mm. difficult. And then us being under the cosh for that first half, I could imagine some people who sit around us booing them off at halftime today. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I couldn't I think, disagree more. I think, it let the, I think it let the players concentrate on their game and that's how we got the win. I think you're yeah. full of it. They, they didn't have the... Well, Andy, what's your, what's your view? You reckon we'd have won 6-0 with the crowd in? No, I think we'd have had a pretty much similar performance. I think we'd have just, they'd have just buzzed off us even more. You might be right. The beauty of this <laughs> is that we'll never know. We will never know. <laughs> I just think it's outlandish saying we were good without the fans. Well, we were, that's true. No, but you're going like it was because there were no fans. <laughs> anyway. That's what you just said. <laughs> anyway... How do we pick a man of the match out of that? I've I've got very strong opinions. Share them. I want to hear yours first. I'm going to disagree with all of you, I think. Matthew. <laughs> well, I'm going for a controversial one. Go on. I'm going for Pablo Hernandez. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go straight against. Paul? <laughs> Jack Harrison. Oh, James? Stuart Dallas. Correct. <laughs> James is on my wavelength Stuart Dallas is is that just because Ben Parker went for him at half time no <laughs> it was either him or Ben White Stuart Dallas is our most versatile player he, he, you could just shift him anywhere I'm surprised he hasn't played up front for us yet it, the, the work he did on knockout to stop the delivery coming into that guy who should have been sent off I thought was brilliant 
it could have every time he got beat he didn't quit he just kept going back at him and back at him and back at him and we've seen in previous seasons how dangerous knockout can be it's not just that as well though is it it's the fact that when he changes position he's still of the same quality it's like there's, yeah. there's no there's no dip or loss ever is there it's just amazing Jack Harrison and Pablo two good shouts but you're both wrong but why have you picked them well I just picked Pablo for a laugh really after I said that he wasn't <laughs> an impact player at the start of the game but no he did have a very good second half and um it's nice to have a man in the match who doesn't even see out a half of football. <laughs> Everything right that you said about Stuart Dallas, I think, is uh, applied to Jack Harrison in that game yeah. as well. Um, he, he did have to switch, ob- ob- albeit just wings, but all season I've wanted to see him spend a bit more time on the other side. And he's chased and he's chased and he's got onto balls and he's put them in the right areas and he's chased and he's got that goal as well. So um, just a brilliant performance from Jack Harrison some pass by uh, Pablo wasn't it as well right, so what's your final word to summarise your feelings Andy I'm going with the same one I said before patient slash patience I think it's so I'm buzzing now don't get me wrong but we need to stay focused on the next one and be calm I think is it four more games and we're over the line is that right four more wins sorry four more wins and we've done it statistically so I think we just need to keep focused and there's a banana skin next time. It's a team at the bottom, Luton. Second bottom, I think. I think we need to just kind of keep our eyes on the prize and get over the line. So, patience. I'm going to go buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I th- like, looking at your demeanour, you're buzzing and you're saying patience because I know you want to control it, but I am buzzing. Enjoy it. Like with the focus for Tuesday but take a bit of time to enjoy it because everybody so many people were so down after last week we lost last week it wasn't the end of the world we've won today it's not the you know we're not the world we're not promoted we're not promoted (laughs) however take a bit of time to enjoy it if you're going to get yourself so down in uh, the misery of losing at Cardiff because today was a big step it's the quietest week we've had on our WhatsApp group for a long time isn't it yeah it is actually (laughs) yeah as soon as the football came back we all just (laughs) (laughs) retreated back into ourselves I'm going to say garden (laughs) I I love being in this garden I'm pretty sure last week it was gazebo you just say whatever you can see well yeah chair there is that it's a bit like uh, what's the name from brick Brick. yeah (laughs) no I I I, I like being in the garden and coming for a night match uh, is going to be is going to be good it'll still be daylight but yeah yeah but you know what I mean it's something to look forward to and uh yeah, I d- I'm, I'm the same. I'm, I am buzzing, Paul, but I am trying to control it. But you are right. Enjoy it because you, by yeah. Tuesday we could be miserable again. Well, yeah, exactly. Matthew, I'm giddy, <laughs> giddy about the win, and I'm a bit giddy about what might be about to happen. Why? What's going to happen? Well, I said in the pre-match that I thought we'd get promoted and. Now I think we're going to get promoted even more. We're going to get more promoted! (laughs) We just just beat our nearest rival. Well, nearest rival of those we still have to play. 3-0. Can't ask for more than that as far as I'm concerned. Mic drop. You were so happy uh, in that game you spilled uh, brown sauce all over your Leeds top as well, didn't you? I did, but we're going in the washing machine ahead of... uh... Why were you drinking a pint of brown sauce? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I haven't got a funny comeback to that. Whenever he says stuff like that, there's nothing you can say, is there? (laughs) (laughs) 
we will speak again on Tuesday night to have a chat around the Luton Town podcast when I assume uh, we'll probably have a giddy pre-match hopefully it'll be another giddy post-match just a reminder final chance to enter that prize draw leavesat.com forward slash donate enjoy it Podcast Network.